Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everybody. It is time for another quick question episode. Why do I like these episodes so much? I feel they give a great overview of my previous guests. So if you have not had the chance yet to listen to the full episode, you get a little bit of an idea and introduction to these guests of mine. So today I will be presenting quick question answers to my podcast guests, Ellie Oldenburg and Eddie Lynn. Part two with Abda Gag and Doppelspitze, which is Julia Collard and Sven Schnitzler will follow in a few days. Let's get started. Ellie Oldenburg is a manager at Google Germany in the EMEA DEI department. My conversation with Ellie was about flexible work because Ellie has been working part-time for the last four plus years and some of that time has been in a job sharing capacity. Ellie also presented some very thought-provoking ideas of the definition of work and whether today we are looking at work too narrowly at only paid work and whether we ought to be looking much more holistically at work, including care work, volunteering, and so on. So if you have had not if you haven't had the chance yet to listen to Ellie's episode, I highly recommend you to do so. And here are Ellie's answers to my questions. So um so Ellie, what is your favorite color and why? My son would say pink, definitely. Um, I love dark blue with um, uh, good yellow or with orange. Or so, so I do like uh, block color blocking, so to speak. Um, that I, I just don't like a lot of black and white and gray and all the in stuff, which obviously I do wear sometimes. But yeah. Um, and who do you admire the most? To be very honest, I'm writing my family's history um, right now and I'm admiring many, many women and men along my family line. So going back, they, they are not alive anymore. Also my mother a lot. So um, uh, yeah, very from a personal perspective because I'm so deep down into that history now. Also my, my part-time job gives me the time to do that, to reflect on humanity from that perspective. <laughs> Um, I would say so too, but obviously they are also um, uh, Jacinda Ardeen in, in, in New Zealand. Amazing, amazing, because she combines to me uh, this practicality with empathy and not shying away from really, really big problems. So uh, this, I, I love practicality if people are not only in theoretical fears and spheres. So I see that in her, for example. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? You just gave me an idea in our pre-talk to have a hold a talk at the UN about uh, the future of work and how flexibility can support it at least. You know what? I will share with you now that uh, I, I had and have obviously still a bucket list, but um, 
especially the time I enjoy where I don't have plans, where I talk to people, where I indulge in real community life experience in the past year. So that's especially my sidepreneurship and all of that. I so many things came to my bucket list that were never on there and that I enjoy so much, like my little salon or um, uh, yeah, or, or speaking about the future of work. I mean, uh, that. Uh, um, so I'm not so much a fan of bucket lists anymore. Let's put it like that. Now, if you could teleport, where would you go and why? It could be time or it could be location-wise. So on a personal point, I would probably go back into the 70s in Greece, in the Greek island where my parents met and, oh, it must have been so uh, magical and interesting and Mamma Mia-like and just to live that uh, Leonard Cohen life and uh, to experience uh, that. This is, I'm saying this probably because that's the Greek side in me. I mean, I was raised in, uh, and do my career in Germany. So, you know, that there must be a gap. Um, and uh, from a more general point of view, I would probably teleport myself into the 70s and 80s of uh, economic decisions in political spheres in the US and the UK, etc. and would, would like to sneak in and question them and scrutinize why certain uh, structures were put in place and if uh, we cannot think a bit more of the long-term <laughs> effects they might have and stuff and and not only because I know it better I'm not saying that because I want to understand also more like where have people been coming from to fail certain decisions and or to have failed to look at other things um, uh, before so that something like that <laughs> and what's your favorite book The Eighth Life by Nino Haratishvili Uh, Georgian, um, so from Georgia, uh, the country, uh, but in German, a huge book, an amazing, amazing novel. I've, it, every, I've, I've probably gave it away already over 20 times and people have called me back crying like me, like, like this book changed my life, like, like Anna Karenina, something like really massive. This is one of my favorite books, I would say, yes. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my book list as well, yeah. Um, what's the biggest myth in your area of work? Mm. Where well, you know, job sharing, ugh, come on, <laughs> like that little what and part time and yeah, right, you're effective and and this uh, really the eye roll, the a whole lot okay. of eye rolls and yeah, right, and tell me about it and here comes the part timer again telling us about like this a bit of that's. That's the myth that I would like to demystify that we can be actually very concrete. Um, what's the song you hear most often? Oh, that's, I, I, that changes a lot uh, in, in mood and, and season, I would say. Uh, I love to hear. And so currently I'm hearing a lot of salsa songs because we started learning salsa. It's one of the um, uh, Corona lockdown measures we have. And we are having so much fun around it. Really, it's, it's so nice. So I can really invite everyone uh, in, in, in a relationship or not with friends. It's so much fun to learn dancing. So, yeah. <laughs> and now my last question. What advice did you get that was the most rewarding? Uh, that's also a tough one because rewarding is feels like it needs a direct reward. Um, there have been plenty of um, advices or sometimes nuggets of information here and there that just stuck with me and that came in the right time in the right place. Um, 
there's one particular one, and funnily enough, I talked about with one of my good friends today about it. It's um, unattachment to the outcome. It's like that's part of my uh, taming uh, the own ego also. It's like if it is, it's good. And if it doesn't, it's also okay. Like let's, you know, if you do everything in your power and without, you know, sabotaging yourself and becoming sick or something, then you can let go. And it's part of making happen, but also letting happen. And if the time is not right, it's not right. So that's a bit of a spiritual ending now, but um, I do, that helps me a lot to navigate through life. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ellie. That was really awesome. You're welcome. My next guest is Eddie Lin. Eddie is the co-founder of Nexus Edge, integrating employer-recognized skills into the classroom. Eddie shared more of the innovative method so that students in high schools and community colleges can learn skills that are relevant for their future employers. Additionally, he shared what he had to do on the final of Fear Factor. You can find the links to all of the previous episodes of today's guests in the show notes. But now, without further ado, here are Eddie's answers to my quick questions. So, um, Eddie, now, what is your favorite color and why? You know, I had always said my favorite color was blue growing up. I'm just feeling it. But what's interesting is as I went through college, yellow became my favorite color based on people I dated, actually, oddly enough. And so yellow became my favorite color because it's a happy color. So I would just go between blue and yellow. Blue gives me a sense of optimism. I like looking at water. I like looking at the oceans. It, to me, blue conveys a sense of uh, you know, infinite possibilities. And then yellow is a happy color. So I would say blue and yellow are my two favorite colors. And who do you admire the most? You know, what's interesting is people always ask that. And I don't really know. I don't think there is someone I one person I admire in the most in particular I think there's a lot of attributes among a lot of people I respect uh, that I you know I would like to learn from every time you read about certain people and certain things they say and certain things that they do there's always positives positives and negatives to both people so I'd really like to look at a greater breadth of people and leaders and see what uh, attributes that they do that I can learn from that also fit really well within my life. Now, what is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? You know, that's the thing too, is I tend to not hold back. So on the bucket list, I mean, you know, when I wanted to travel the world, I went and traveled the world, no hesitation. You know, when I see things like Fear Factor Shop, I'm just going to do it, right? So it's very rare, I think, that there's something that I wanted to do that I just don't do. So I don't know. Can you, real quick, can you give me examples of other things on people's bucket list? Because just I haven't given a ton of thought. You know what is really interesting, and it might be, you know, the pandemic being the reason. The majority of the people answered that with traveling. Traveling. Okay, let's address that in terms of the bucket list. Because the thing is, uh, when I was leaving New York and I was moving to LA for business school. One of the things that my parents and all my family basically said is, why are you traveling the world? It's really expensive and you have to go pay for business school right after this. 
and you're not going to be making money during business school because you're in school. So traveling is like the worst idea ever. It is irresponsible and like all this blah, blah, blah. But then I did it. And I think, let's see, I traveled for about six months straight. Uh, and I went to about 12 countries in Europe for the very first time. I've never been to Europe. Uh, I went to Australia for about a week. I went to Peru and then I went to Alaska, which feels like a different country, even though it's not. Uh, and I traveled to many states within the US I had never been before either. And a lot of people I know and respect did something very similar as well. And I convinced a lot of my friends to join me at various parts of my journey as well, because everyone felt that way too. So here's the thing is, you know, if I had decided, oh, well, I need to wait till later in my life to do that, the pandemic could change the way, and I think it has, the way traveling has been done forever. Would we really be staying, taking those all night trains and sharing cars with strangers with four other people in it? I doubt it. Uh, hostels, um, probably not the same as they're going to be. And meeting strangers and talking to people just how you would, um, doubtful. And these attractions, the way people go to them, very different. So I'm really happy that I had the conviction to make the change to travel when I did because you never know what's going to happen in the future. So when you see an opportunity, don't hesitate. Just go do it. Somebody wants to go eat live bees on a TV show, you do it. So that's the uh, thing is that's probably why I don't really have a huge bucket list is because if I come across something, I'm just going to do it. I think it makes within some semblance of sense. So I don't think there's a lot I hold back on for the most part. So not really, no. And um, the next question is, if you could teleport you know, where would you go? And that could be also from a time perspective, going backwards or forwards in time. You know, that's really interesting is I never given a lot of thought to teleportation. The first thing just now, uh, when you asked me about teleportation, I thought about other plants. Then, you know, I thought about uh, restrictions like lack of oxygen immediately die. And then so I was like, okay, maybe not to another place in this modern age. But then thinking about, you said, maybe to other time periods, And you think about the, you know, medieval areas and stuff like that. And, you know, we were talking about the pandemic, right? So then you talk about the plague that plagued Europe like 20 times or something. And it's like, well, uh, don't want to die there either. So I don't know if there's a particular era that was wanted to see. I, I don't think there's anywhere I'd like to teleport. Maybe I used to be on planes a lot. Maybe I, you know what? How about that? I keep it real simple. I want to teleport in the present so I don't have to take long flights anymore. Actually, how about that? I can travel to a lot of other countries as a quick and efficient means of transportation in the present. Live in the moment. I don't need to go back and meet, like, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci painting Sistine Chapel or something. I'd rather just get to, like, another country really fast without getting on, a, getting on some airline and going through security. Like, I think that's what I would go for. Controversial when you have opportunity to meet great historical figures, but whatever. Just remove the airplane. How about that? I like that. So now what's your favorite book, Eddie? You know, what's interesting is people, I, people always, you know, I've always found that, you know, when people ask these conversations, they talk about their, you know, a lot of leaders within the world and the community. They're like, I read a book a day. I read a book a week and I do all this stuff. I was like, wow, that's a lot of book reading, right? I need time to do other things. And you know what? I really don't read that much. So the thing is, uh, I don't read that many books. But the one that sticks out in my mind is something called the Lean Startup. And I thought that was really interesting because it dispels a lot of rumors, changes, and things that people have in their mind that could waste a lot of time as they get a venture going. So I think that book, the Lean Startup, is probably one that sticks out in my mind is one of the few that I read that I actually enjoy. 
Uh, in my younger days, I read Harry Potter, but I'm sure that every little kid who's like in kindergarten or third grade also would like that. So I think the expectations when people answer this question are really sophisticated books and say that I read a really sophisticated, knowledgeable novel or something, a work of fiction or art once a day or every week. And I'm sorry to say that, gosh, I don't really read as much as I should. Um, I don't know what the impacts of that are, but I don't think they're as negative as people would make them out to be. Um, but I read things, I guess. You know, you know what, Eddie? I have had answers from comic books to children books. So there is a broad spectrum of uh, answers about this, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Thanks. I read a ton of social media posts and I read a ton of answers on Quora. Believe ah. it or not, how about that? If Quora counts as a book, I do a lot of reading. How about that? <laughs> I find that fascinating. There's a lot to learn from on Quora. For those of you who don't know, that means question or answer. It's an app out there. And people ask some really fascinating questions and you can learn a lot of really interesting things from a lot of really interesting experts on doing that. So I've enjoyed reading a lot of that. And, but I think most people would say reading some like people's personal comments on an app is a waste of time. I don't know if it is or not, but I like it. Now, what is the biggest myth in your area of work? Wow. There's, you know, it's going to probably rub everybody the wrong way. Um, yeah, it probably will, but I think I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it needs to be said. Probably the biggest myth in my area of work is that a lot of people within education are out there looking for the best interests of the students in leadership administration, which sadly, and I can say this with great conviction by listing like 20 different examples um, all over the place, that there's a lot of leadership in education that puts their self-interest ahead of their students' interests. That to me was scary to see within education. Uh, another thing too, I will say that we do say providing a lot of equal opportunities for students, but there is a shocking amount of students that won't take opportunities that are there right in front of them, no matter how easy you make it. So as not politically correct as it sounds, I will say the two biggest examples within that I've seen with this, in this industry where I felt like I have a great amount of conviction just from the examples that I've seen and can name are that those who need a lot of help even when you make it as easy as you can get the help, they don't take those opportunities. And maybe that's another issue in itself, but it's there. And then another one is that those who should be in a position to help students uh, who do need help, they put their own personal self-interest ahead of the other students. And that's a sad thing to see, particularly within education. Um, and those are probably two big things. Another shocking thing within education is I felt like people would think within the music industry or within banking or something like that, that there would be um, more drama than you say in education, but there is actually more drama and weird scenarios in education by far than I've ever seen in music industry or banking or within the tech industry. And I think that would surprise a lot of people. Uh, and there is more political stuff going on within the education realm that is quite unfortunate than you would see in something like you would expect in something like entertainment when you watch Entourage, the movie or on TV. Thank you. That's very thought provoking. Now, as you're talking about music, what is the song you hear most often? You know, that's really interesting is I actually don't mind turning on old school radio and just like, it's not even old school. Like I'm in the car, I listen to the radio. Okay, how about this? I tell, let's see, Alexa uh, to play like something and I just kind of go with it. Um, song most often is, I think it changes. I think, Alexa, stop. 
this is what happens when you have the you know these things that awesome. listen to you they they hear you and ask for command so um that has been my how about that that has been my primary source of music and it plays you name artists and it'll play various things from it and it's an interesting way to discover music and i think what will surprise most people is that i actually don't use like spotify or apple music to stream stuff anymore i actually rely on that echo dot device with the names i can't speak or will start asking me for commands um you know what's really weird i mean i've had to learn a lot of different genres of music to do my job at live nation from like so many things that would never have listened to before but what's really fun actually is i like listening to a lot of taylor swift she's funny she's got happy music i think yeah. that's what it is these days is we need some happiness that's why yellow has become my favorite color and maybe I just like the music that she does is just happy music. I think what I listen to most, I appreciate now more than ever is acoustic versions of popular songs because it really goes to show their true ability and how they really perform. So although I do listen to a massively different genre. How about this? Okay, if I had to name, okay. Last thing about the music category you can, is when we're in Techstars, if you're familiar with Techstars, you get to choose one song as your intro song. Okay. So that to me is a great testament. Before you give your big presentation, what song do you choose when you walk on stage? And to me, that says a much greater deal about what is your favorite song than anything else. And I chose uh, All We Do Is Win uh, by DJ Khaled and all those people in that song. But All We Do Is Win is a really fun song. It has a really good theme. It's kind of funny and it's really catchy. So I think even though I wouldn't say I have a favorite song, when push comes to shove and I had to pick one as an intro thing for a major presentation, I picked All We Do Is Win. So I think uh, that would be the song that I would have to gravitate towards most. You know, I, I can so understand with happy music in general, ABBA is my favorite type of music and because it is happy, so... Yeah. Now, the last question, what advice did you get that was the most rewarding? Who advice? You know, what's interesting is I, I thought about this question a lot, too. And so I asked a lot of people I know, including my girlfriend, do I take advice? You know, well, because I like to think my personal like mentality is that I like to incorporate feedback from everyone, no matter what, all the time and listen to it objectively and really value. That's a big personal value to me listening and incorporating feedback from everyone doesn't matter if you're in high school or someone's been working for 30 years you will have something to say that will be able to improve something about my life or the way i treat other people um i don't know if i actually incorporate as much as i should as i survey other people around me is like how well do i do that uh so probably not as well as i would like um so i wouldn't say that there's like a quote or anything like that but maybe one one does come to mind because i end up quoting it a lot to students so how about that but <clears throat> it's a mental for me that question is more about the mentality than a specific quote but if I had to name a quote I would say when Steve Jobs was giving that commencement address to Stanford a long time ago where he says you can only connect the dots looking backwards and I think that's important too because a lot of people overvalue the bad things that happen in the short term they think life is over these terrible things have happened but then you see that it's all for a reason. So if you listen to his commencement address, all these little things that seemingly don't interconnect. Uh, and then you look backwards and you're like, wow, you know, he wouldn't have been able to create proportionally spaced fonts had he not taken an art class when he was in college, when he was auditing that. 
and you look at all the different history in your own life, anybody can do this. Look at this when your own life, it puts together a lot of different things that you've done throughout your career. This is, hey, I couldn't be doing this particular thing that was critical to what I'm doing now. Had it not been for these things that seemed not relevant, all put together. So that's the one quote that does stand out in my mind that you pass along to a lot of young people. And I guess I don't really consider myself a young person anymore, which is sad, scary or whatever. Uh, but I've come to accept that over time. Thank you so much, Eddie. And yeah, that's that's like, it's interesting. I literally had a similar conversation with my son yesterday that, you know, that sometimes things and even the worst things that one might have, hindsight, it turns out to be the best thing. But one, as you said, just doesn't know it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that too is uh, certain job opportunities didn't work out when I was in college. And I just thought it was the end of the world. One time I put the reminder for a particular interview at the wrong time in my calendar and the wrong day in my calendar. So I didn't even show up to that particular interview, but I'm glad I didn't because I, I liked where things ended up and nothing wrong with Texas. And I probably would have been working in Texas at that time too. Um, I probably would have enjoyed life and, and things like that too. But it, it's like that is at the time you think, these are terrible things. I didn't get this role. I didn't get this position. But looking back, you're like, man, I'm glad that didn't work out because right. I liked how things shook out. And I, I think in object, objectively, that's how people would think too. So with you 100% on that, and I'm glad you passed that on to your son as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me too. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's important to have a lot of fun in every aspect of life. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.